podcast, Ian Mobsby explores the meaning of Eucharist and the sacraments. The Gospel is written in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Right, I've got a few things to say tonight on the theme of the idea of what's going on with all these sacraments and all this Eucharist lark. I say this, I think, in the context of the last two weeks of being slightly hellish in this place. I think all of us who've worked here have had a really tough time, including a robbery and various other things. So um, I say some of this from the heart, actually, that there is a cost to some of this presence and seeking to be in the everyday Um, And it uses that word of grace. I just want to reiterate that line um, in the last text. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So tonight I want to start by looking at the balance between religious thinking and spiritual experience, because there is a deep connection between God's grace, sacraments, and the Eucharist, this thing that we're enacting tonight. The mystery of God's presence to us in the here and now through the ministry and purpose of the Holy Spirit that blows where it chooses. I want to start with my own story. Like many Generation Xs, and yes, I am old, um, in the late 1960s, my childhood was a rich experience of family atheism and scientific rationalism. I was brought up to mistrust religion as an opiate to the masses, as something that controlled people through guilt and misdirected power. Going to church is what you did because you had to occasionally for your family's sake to attend baptisms, weddings and funerals which were tedious and boring. Wisdom and knowing were strictly about deductive thinking and reasoning. I loved my wider family, although I was extremely shy, believe it or not, which I remember as a mix of passionate arguments about politics, beach rounders, swimming and picnics. Knowing in my family was all about facts and reasoned argument. 
Religion was little more than superstition. However, there was a deep contradiction. This same family was also extremely artistic with a love of music and the arts. Yet this form of artistic or intuitive medium of knowing was largely ignored. But for me, it was different. The arts and experience of the world touched my emotions and my deeper sense of self and enabled me to see a legitimate place for spirituality. My experience and delight of the world from an early age enabled me to transcend my family's belief in atheism. These glimpses of the divine, or rather knowing through spiritual experience, began with my sitting in the back of my garden encountering nature. My mother tells me that as a child I would sit for hours listening to the birdsong, the smells of flowers and trees, the sound of bees and insects, and sensing the warmth of the sun. Looking back, I am sure that I encountered divine first through nature. My next important memory and first real spiritual experience was contemplating the Chagall stained glass window in Chichester Cathedral. I loved that church building. It was full of ancient mystery, beauty and awe. Chagall's window was an overpowering experience of bright colours and symbolism which deeply moved me. Near to this, near the shrine of St. Richard of Chichester, was an image of the Trinity, which to me made perfect sense. I experienced God as Trinity to be a mystical truth, something I just knew to be true, even though I had little experience or understanding of Christianity. Later, when I was at university, I once again experienced God's grace, but this time in two very early fresh expressions of church. One was a nightclub playing gospel garage music, showing my age again, and using Christian imagery, and the second was attending the nine o'clock service, Planetary Mass, an alternative worship initiative expressing the Eucharist in a very creative, culturally accessible way. Both in that nightclub and at the nine o'clock service in Sheffield, I think I had a profound experience of the Holy Spirit, an incredible experience of love, of being accepted, that my life had a deep meaning. This was a great gift that changed me forever, changed the way I saw reality and God. The Trinity and Jesus were at the forefront. This was an experience that helped me to shift from being a spiritual tourist to becoming a committed Christian pilgrim. I want to argue that both those experiences of God infused in a nightclub with religious symbolism and music and the mystical sign of bread and wine in the Eucharist were both examples of the powerful place of sacramental moments, the sacraments and the Eucharist, as an outworking of the Holy Spirit. So what are the sacraments? Well, it may be easy to start by saying what they're not. It is not about magic. It is not about these being magic hands. It is not about controlling God. It is not about being fussy or pressurising God into activity. It is not about meaningless ritual and superstition. They are about God expressing God's love through sign, symbol and liturgy. The sacraments are signs and symbols of God's grace, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the Church by which God is made present to us. The visible rites by which the sacraments are celebrated signify and make present the grace of the Holy Spirit. Sacraments are deeply about the Spirit. They bear fruit in those who receive them as spiritual moments or as staging posts in the long journey of faith and human becoming. 
In the 39 Articles of Faith, which I'm sure you're all very, very um, in tune with, of the Anglican Church of England, it is argued that there are two biblically justified sacraments commented by, commended and commanded by Jesus in the Gospels, and they are baptism and Eucharist. So I'm going to start with both of those. So baptism is the sacrament by which one is initiated into Christian faith. The sacrament thus has the effect of receiving the individual into the household of God, allowing them to receive the grace of the other sacraments. The matter consists of water, where the individual is named by the prayer in the name of the Holy Trinity. The intention of baptism is threefold. Firstly, when you think about what we did in the Lent course, is the surrender of the self and the giving up of selfishness and the sense of following the will of God and a belief in the Trinity as creator, redeemer and companion. I'm not going to go into all the biblical justification, I'll be sitting here all night, but there's a very strong New Testament basis for all of this, and I'll quote some of them. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, they cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So what of the Eucharist? The Eucharist, Holy Communion, Mass, or the Lord's Supper, is the means by which Christ becomes present to the Christian community gathered in God's name. It is the central act of gathered worship, renewing the body of Christ as the church through the reception of the body of Christ, bread and wine as sacrament, God's spiritual body and blood. The matter consists of bread and wine and the form is the Eucharistic prayer, which is what we'll do in a minute when we gather around the altar. In this sacrament, both Christ is both encountered and incorporated. It's the idea that we experience Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and something about encountering God through the act of participating in it. As such, the Eucharistic action looks backward as the memorial of Christ's sacrifice, and forward, and this is the bit I love the most, and looks forward as the foretaste of the heavenly banquet, and to the presence of the incarnation of Christ in this timeless act of gathering before God to receive of God. As there is for baptism, there is much biblical justification for what we do in Eucharist. Quoting, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last days. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. So the liturgy that we enter in this Eucharist, which is extremely ancient, has its origin in the Passover meal, the Jewish festival, to celebrate God delivering the Hebrews out of oppression in Egypt. The Jewish rite includes a gathering around a table, the lights of candles, the central place of bread and wine. It includes prayers of repentance, the reading of the scriptures, and wise words from the rabbi. It includes the Baraka prayers, and if you might notice when I kind of do the Eucharistic prayer, there's one point when I look up to God, that is the Baraka prayers, very ancient Jewish practice, which are alleged to come from the liturgy from the temple worship in Jerusalem, which are the beginning of the Eucharistic prayers, the breaking of bread and eating together. All of this is deeply Jewish practice. Incense was used as a symbol of prayer and God's presence, the Eucharist finds its basis in a Jewish act of worship. The big difference for Christians, however, is that Jesus symbolically and mystically is made present as we enact this sacrament as bread and wine. 
To be clear, you do not have to believe that Jesus literally does become the bread and wine, as some do, but that Jesus is somehow mystically made present as we remember and enact the Last Supper by the grace and presence of God the Holy Spirit. The symbolism of the table is key to most of Jesus' parables about the kingdom of God. The guests to this table are never the rich, powerful and famous. Instead, they are the poor, the ill, the homeless, the excluded, the broken. All are gathered and included in the great banquet in heaven as the fulfilment of God's redemptive intentions. So this table behind us, this altar, stands as a great symbol of this forward thinking, of the the fulfilment of God's purposes of the now but not yet fully kingdom of God. So when I kiss the altar, I'm not doing that with some sort of ritualistic commitment, but actually out of deep devotion and passion for God's presence to us and my love of God, who I seek to serve. By kissing that altar, I am saying I deeply believe and long for the fulfilment of God's kingdom on earth. When I look up, as I said already, to God when I say the Baraka prayers, I am joining in with all Jews and Christians as we await the fulfilment of God's kingdom or shalom. When I use my hands in ritual, I am trusting that God, by God's Holy Spirit, is being made present, not through any power I have, but by the hunger that is in me for God to be our God and to minister to all of us individually. When we eat the bread and wine, we enter into a timeless mystery when we join with all other Christians who have lived and all those that will come after us as the great body of Christ who find life, transformation and belonging in the greater God, creator, redeemer and companion. Finally, Eucharist is also the great sending ordinance. Its symbolism is about mission. We are gathered, we are blessed and we encounter God who nourishes us. And then we are sent out into the world to serve God in all our individual lives. As God chooses to work through us in all our incompleteness to serve the kingdom of God. Yes, that's about us in all our imperfections as separate yet co-joined temples to the Holy Spirit. So when in this service I kiss, when I bow, when I raise my hands, I am seeking the invocation of the Holy Spirit in my incompleteness in the belief that God will do what God will do through me. So the sacraments and Eucharist are very important. Moot has always had, from its early days, a commitment to being sacramental, and in particular an ownership of Eucharist as sacred drama, which is about the mystery, about multisensory worship. The importance of taste, smell, and giving room for God to minister to us as Christians now has been followed for two millennia in the Church. This is about, for me, about giving room to the Holy Spirit. It is part of a focus of Christian spirituality, trusting that God will make God's self present through what we do faithfully in God's name. Too much religion is all in the head. Sacraments give room for art or mystery as a non-verbal response to worship. The Eucharist reminds me that every time we gather around this altar, we are encountering a foretaste of the completeness of God's mission to the world and to the cosmos. So sacraments are the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit that gives moot a heart, which helps us to get beyond our self-preoccupation, our brokenness, our anger. So the day after the robbery, for example, we did a a Eucharist at that table without the, the cross that was taken and prayed 
from the heart for the two um, refugees who stole that cross in passion that God would somehow be present in that situation and our great sorrow for those two people who possibly will be deported as a result. So Eucharist then is about this kingdom values. So we do this as holy drama in the belief that God will be present to us. And so we will continue to do this as part of a commitment to want to see and a longing for God to be present to and with us. I, for one, have not had an easy life thus far in my life. And if it was not for grace and the love of God and for some of the resources I have deeply felt in the Eucharist and in other parts of Christian worship, I most certainly do not think I would be alive today. Life would be too much. Because as Ephesians reminds us, in Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, it goes very deep for me in this sacramental calling of God's presence to us through sacraments and through Eucharist. And he says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works or being good, so that no one may boast. So this is about us and our fulfilment. It is about looking backwards and looking forwards, seeking God to be present and to restore all things back into restored relationship with the divine. So sacraments are yet one of the vehicles God has given us as the means of God, expressing the divine love to each and every one of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Mood podcast. For more information on our events, resources and community, please go to www.moot.uk.net.